Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This is Anuam. And this is Murder's Intention. Alright, so last week we discussed um, baby Ayla. Yes. Um, you know, that did get a lot of listeners. Um, so, guys, thank you for listening for last week. I'm sorry, it kind of was like a, a weird kind of storyline. Um, but definitely... We, I think we are doing better. We're getting there. So keep on listening. There's more cases in the world that we're going to be talking about. Yes. So today, apparently, we have a sit-in. Yes. So please, lovely sit-in, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Susan Carabello. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're good. Mm. Um, awkward moment there. Yeah. Um, so what about this, this case, do we need to know before anything? Like, is there any shockwave? Uh, yes, there is. Um, if you didn't like the, um, Ehler case, you're not going to like this one either. So are we talking about more babies? A lot more babies. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not gonna give it away. I'm prepared. I'm 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 holding my horses. <laughs> Hopefully, I could go right into the sunset <laughs> instead of. <laughs> um, so whenever you want to start, you sure. can. Okay. This story or this case, excuse me, is about Mary Beth Rowe Tennant. Um, she is a serial killer, and her life began. Um, she was born to Ruth and Alton Lewis Rowe on September 11, 1942, in the small town of Dwaynesburg, New York. Wait, that's not that far from us. Yes, it's in, exactly. It's, it's in the outskirts of Schenectady, which is even closer than Dwaynesburg. But no, that's technically if you get off um, 27. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking the right to Amsterdam, you take your left. You're on Doinsburg. Well, that that's fantastic, but I don't drive, miss. But I understand it's not that far from you. <laughs> but yes, it is really close. I drive too much then. <laughs> yes, apparently. <laughs> um, so, this is another weird case mm-hmm. where her parents were not ideal so her father was deployed overseas fighting in world war ii while her mother was working of course um 
but because they were both away, she was occasionally shoveled among relatives, which is also kind of normal. Um, one of her elderly relatives, sorry with the ums, um, <laughs> and I go with the ums wait, again. Wait, 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 did you just say sorry, sorry with the ums? Um, um. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trigger word, I'm sorry. Can't do it. So one of her older elderly relatives brazenly told her she was unwanted. And she was an accidental child. So imagine having that in your head at a young age. That is just ruining your self-esteem right there. Yeah. Wow. When her little brother reached adolescence, Mary Beth told him Um, so what what I was saying, so when her brother reached adolescence, uh, Mary Beth told him, you were the one they wanted, not me. Wow. Talking about that lady, that elderly relative, putting crap in her head. So. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so um, on completion of her father's active duty, um, Anton Lewis Rowe, worked as a press operator mm -hmm. in a nearby General Electric facility. Okay. You know this General, General Electric facility. Is it Schenectady? Schenectady, correct. Um, I feel like I'm being quizzed. Yes, you are. Didn't you apply there? So, and as you very well know, General Electric is one of the biggest... Um, I'm sorry, but the, the awkward moment reason, just to let everybody know, was because she's insisting I apply there. I'm telling her no, so I'm shaking yes. my head no, so that way he can keep talking, yes. but she keeps on with the yes, and yes. I keep on with the shaking my head no. Yes. So that's the awkward silence moment. Okay. Yes. So as you know, it's the area's largest employer, um, General mm -hmm. Electric. It has um, people working from there from Amsterdam, Schenectady, all the basically yeah. even up to Albany. Um, so it is it is very big. Anyway, continue on. You guys are done with your awkward moment stuff. Okay, I am. Yeah. All right. So as an adult, Mary Beth um, once claimed that her father abused her when she was well, a child. In which in which way? That is not quite apparent yet. I just started the story. Can you can you give me a minute? Well, you said abuse, so my abuse. my mind went into abuse. like, could it be sexually? Could it be physically? Could it be emotion? Well, emotionally, she's already emotionally abused. Mentally, yes. that's already done. Mentally, is already done. How, there, how the there's all that. kinds of abuse. Right. Um, but that's what we call in writing a cliffhanger. You know what? <laughs> I can say where what the cliffhanger should go. But I'm gonna be ladylike. <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. So what kind of abuse? Um during a police interview in nineteen eighty six, I'm gonna keep with the cliffhanger because I have to. Um she told an investigator that her father had beaten her and locked her in a closet. So it's physical. Apparently, yes. <laughs> what do you it can't be sexual if she be, if he's beating you. I would say mental too. Mental, of course. Well, mental because he put her in the closet. Right. Physical because he beat her. Yeah, beat her, right. So, during the court testimony, she denied that her father had bad intentions. So, you're saying your dad beat you, put you in the closet, to try to better you? 
apparently in her world, yes. Um, she continues by saying, my father hit me with the fly swatter. Okay, I've been here with the fly swatter before. That That's that's a normal thing. But the reasoning is, is a little weird. Or at least, he is an older man. But, but it was because he had arthritis and his hands were not of much use. So the fly swatter is easier and can slap you real quick without, you know. So I, I guess that's why she said it wasn't bad intentions because he beat her with a belt or anything, you know, heavier than the fly swatter. Even though a fly swatter does hurt if you hit it hard enough. Listen, that, that thing will pick up enough wind that you... <laughs> but if you go to hit somebody, all your intention is to go in and have them get pain so their brain could go and say, hey, I better not do this again. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, she's been messed up in the head so much. Yeah. That it's... To her, it's it's maybe this is how I can become Go wanted on. and made to be loved. Poor child. Could be that. Not saying, but could be. But she continues on, though. And when he locked me in my room, I guess he thought I deserved it. Deserve the how, deserve the why. If she can't pull up the common sense of why she needs to be locked in her room, of why she needs to get hit, then there's no, there's no reason. Correct. Like, I know as kids, we always say, well, I didn't do anything. They hit me for no reason. I got punished for no reason. Because trust me, my daughter goes and says she got punished for no reason all the time. Mm -hmm. And half the time she doesn't realize she talks to us with nasty attitude. She's she gets rude. She gets a like she yeah. gets very handsy with her brother. So we don't really I don't hit her, you know. Like I'll hit her hand so that way she can stop hitting them. Um but then most of the time it's just, you know, what I feel is a fair punishment. You hit your brother, you lose your phone. Yeah. You know, Sounds you lie to me, dream. you lose your phone for almost two weeks. Sounds about right to me. So, Mary Beth was an average student at Dwaynesburg High School. Okay. From which she graduated in 1961. Uh, following high school, of course, she had various low-paying jobs, which most people that are coming out of high school usually do, mm -hmm. and unskilled jobs at that. Um, she eventually settled as a uh, on a job as a nursing assistant at this hospital in Schenectady, New York. 10 miles north of Dwaynesburg. Now, I have a story, if you want to hear a story about sure. Ellis Hospital. My wife's sitting to the left of me. Hello, the hospital. To the um, left, to the left. She had her bari bariatric surgery. Bariatric, yes. At the same time, my lady to my right was, Jello. was very much pregnant and giving birth to Joey. I think the same day that she went into the hospital, yes. that following night while I was hoping to clean up the house, mm -hmm. um, I started feeling pain, bad pain in my back. Yes. Because I had, I had with Joey, I had back labor. Right. And I didn't give birth until the middle of the night. <laughs> and here I was trying to make sure my wife was okay, that it, the surgery was successful, while my daughter is, hey, I'm in the hospital, I'm having labor, and I'm like, what the blank do I do now? Basically, I felt like I had two phones in my ear at the same time. Well, the, um, 
and yeah, the night that she went into the into um Ellis Hospital, I went to St. Mary's, mm -hmm. but you called the ambulance. Right. And then thankfully, like you said, thankfully I had um did meet Mika's hair. And then the next day you came to see me and while you were on the phone with her, you were in the room with me and Joe and, and Mika. You just proved my point, right? Yeah. So <laughs> aside from that, I had an, opera uh, an operational procedure in Ellis Hospital before this. Mm -hmm. And Ellis Hospital to me was fantastic. Mm -hmm. People came in, you know, when they ask you about your food and they just give you this little card. Yeah. They gave me a menu, like a three, you know, those menus that you open up. Yeah. And I'm like, where the heck am I? Because the professionalism, they came cleaning like every hour. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how much more do you need to clean? The room was spotless the second hour they came in. Anyway, I love Dallas Hospital. And as my wife to my yep. left here could tell you, she loved her experience there too. Anyway, enough about Ellis Hospital. Well, you're the one that brought it up. Well, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, it's so, the thing about this case I, that I liked was that Dwaynesburg is not too far from us. Yeah, we all had experience, or she, we both had experience in Ellis Hospital, so it's like. There, there's familiarity right. to this yeah. case. So, um, in 1963, Mary Beth met Joseph Tennant. Okay. On a blind date with some friends. Oh, that's so romantic. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, blind date is, is romantic to you? Not the most romantic. I, well, it well it's better than think, how like nowadays are. I think that was like the worst thing he got into. Well, as we were, yeah. But. Wait, she knows this case and I don't? No, I needed a sounding case. board, Samantha. I needed a sounding board. <laughs> and I know a lot of cases that you don't because I stay up at night watching Dateline. Well, listen. And other ones. Listen, if you want to talk about Dateline, we can talk about how they have their own podcast, okay? So if you want to talk yeah, to about yeah, Dateline, true. go to mm -hmm. Dateline's podcast mm -hmm. and interfere with that. Yeah. Let me watch your, listen to your people's podcast. Sorry. Well, thank you for supporting us. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to start charging for it. <laughs> Hey, I anyway, can I get back to this, please? Yes. Okay. Um, so okay. Joseph was quietly happy-go-lucky. Um, they married in 1965. Mm -hmm. And their first child, Barbara, was born in May 1967. Oh, that was uh, a quick bundle of joy. Yeah. So, um, followed in January 1970 by Joseph Jr. Mm -hmm. Then October by... In October 1971, Mary, Mary Beth's father died of a sudden heart attack. Um, and we continue on with this little timeline I have here. In 1974, Mary Beth's husband, Joseph, was admitted to the hospital with a near-fatal case of fabricate poisoning. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've heard of cases with this, with the same kind of Mm -hmm. instrument I'll say to okay so I must sit back I had a I had a meaning of it mm -hmm. but then when I read that book um she devils yeah um Babitry is a medicine for asthma mm -hmm. 
which you know very well because Sammy my, has that song. My Sam has that one. Yeah. So. And it it's clearly states it is not to be consumed if consumption. Call nine one one. Seek um emergency. That's funny you said that because, um, later he and Mary Beth acknowledged when this incident occurred, their marriage was in a heavy turmoil. Um, this led to her placing Fabricate pills, which she took from a friend with an ep epileptic daughter, into Joseph's grape juice. Jeez, Joseph declined to press charges against his wife. I'm going to go back to the She Devil's book. Wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. Okay, so hold on. What year was this that, they got, they, that this was like occurring? Well, they married in well. They married in nineteen sixty seven. This happened in nineteen seventy four. Okay, so wait, I you see now you're gonna make me want to do research and find out why was this medicine that now is used for asthma and is in liquid form is now in what well, was back then in pill form and for epileptic. Like, I'm just not going to be very curious, just then, you know. Well. So I might I might give a side note come next podcast about this. Well, the meaning that I have for it, since you said that, um, Babbitt's were used in medicine in early 1900s and became popular in the 1960s and 70s as treatment for anxiety, insomnia, and seizure disorders. Okay. Um, they evolved into recreational drugs that some people use to reduce inhibitions, decrease anxiety, and to treat unwanted side effects of illicit drugs. Mm -hmm. That part I don't understand, but the seizure disorders, I definitely get. Yeah. But me going back to the sheet that was um, story on this, mm -hmm. um, Carol, her sister-in-law, was in the hospital with their baby. You know, Joe's brother's oh, uh, niece at the time, I think, Nephew. Anyway, Joe's um Joe's brother's wife gave birth. But no, she already had gave birth, but she was at the hospital with the um epileptic child. Oh, okay. So she was with the baby like most mothers would be. She got a prescription. She the baby was about to be discharged or something like that, and she told Mary Beth, "Can you do me a favor and go get me the go pick up these medicines for mm -hmm. me because I'm going to be stuck here for a couple hours and." I'm not going to have it for the nighttime. That night, she calls them and says, Joe's dead, Joe's dead, Joe's dead. Then they come. No, the ambulance wasn't called. The only person Mary Beth called was um, Carol and, jo and um, Joe's brother. Joe's brother was taking care of him, trying to resuscitate him. Um, while Carol, his um, sister-in-law, called the ambulance. They found out that the pills that the baby was gonna get was seventy pills. When they when she looked for the bottle, no pills were there. She put it all in his orange juice. All seventy pills. I got you quiet. Yes. Wow, what an evil witch. I love it when they when she has no reaction. You, if you would see her, her mouth is like. Drop down to almost the floor level, but you know, 
So let me see. So the baby that needed these pills never got, got denied the pills from my evil witch, mm -hmm. so she could go and kill her husband. Right. Hang the witch. And then technically, being honest, technically she didn't need all so many of those pills. Exactly. I would have done. And if you wanted to be secure, not saying do this, do not do this, <laughs> do not try this at home, okay? If she wanted to be where, okay, I am for sure he is not coming back, I would say 10. And then give the 60 back to the child so that way she can be able to, you know. Yeah. Because apparently she didn't care about her nephew or niece that was an epileptic child that actually needed these medicines. Apparently she didn't Wait, care. but how strong was the... That I, that I never found out. Because for it to be for a baby, it could, I, it could have been that strong. I think that's so, why she used those 70. Uh -huh. That's the reason I think she used those 70. But couldn't she at least leave 10 pills for the baby to get through at least, you know, the week? She didn't care. Apparently she didn't care. But the, the, the thing gets a little bit more um, wicked. Because before this, Joe was talking to his brother, mm -hmm. and he said, "My food is not tasting right. My take my it's like bitter. My food is tasting bitter." Mm -hmm. So his brother said, "Get the blank out of there. You know she's trying to kill you." Then, a couple of days later, whatever, Carol calls Mary Beth to pick up these medicines. That's the perfect um, way to kill him. So she, I guess she was trying to, but the doses was not high enough to kill him. So it just tasted bitter, and he was like wondering why it was tasting bitter all of a sudden. I think it's cyanide. Cyanide, um... It leaves a bitter taste, if I'm right. It leaves a bitter taste, but also, upon death, you'll get that, like, almond nuts scent uh -huh. coming out of your body. So, like, what... Because I've seen the autopsies. Yeah. If you watch Forensic Files, um... Uh -huh. They actually do a thing where they'll cut the person up, and then once they start, when they open the stomach and take out the contents, mm -hmm. a lot of the time you'll smell from the stomach and all the other organs an almond scent. Yeah. And unfortunately, I love almonds. So if I was to die after just eating some almonds, people are going to think I was cyanide. Mm -hmm. I had cyanide poison. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So now I need um, you two ladies and our listeners to uh, be ready. Because we're going to discuss the, the deaths of the children. Ding, 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 ding. Wait, okay, but at this point, at this point, before I be quiet and I, I'm, I'm listening. Mm -hmm. She Mother has two, two babies already, right? As, yes. Okay. Uh, no, she doesn't. She just... She just... Um, let me be wrong here. Oh yeah, Barbara in, in 1965 and um, and Joe Junior. And Joe Junior in 1967. Correct. See, I know. I was listening. I pay attention. Correct. Okay. So, on December 26, 1971, which is after this happened with Joe, mm -hmm. um, Jennifer, the Tenning's third child, was born at St. Clair's Hospital. Jennifer had hemorrhagic um, meningitis, Ooh. which, I'm, if I'm correct, is like swelling of the head. 
of the like in the brain area. It's actually um it's swelling of the top portion of your spinal cord that links into your brain. I knew you would know, so okay. What kind of meningitis? Hemorrhagic. I never heard of that one. Me neither. That I have I have only heard of of meningitis, but I know it it says hem hemorrhaging. Yeah. That's like a bleeding out. I know that my niece, this is the um, oldest daughter, Dawn, she had spinal meningitis when she was a baby. Yeah, that's where it's in the split yeah. part. So that's the only one I... Which means her, her the there's a leak. Yeah. Which can cause deafening, um, loss of of limbs. So... Yeah. Thank God she was great. But what's weird is when I looked this up, and I just didn't look it up, I actually have it in a small print here. Hemorrhage, sorry, I'm saying that wrong. Meningitis, also sometimes known as anthrax meningitis, occurs when anthrax is inhaled. Um, so the it spreads through the bloodstream. From the primary focus of infection causing the hemorrhagic meningitis with a 96 mortality rate so um it's actually caused by anthrax for some weird reason i didn't know that anthrax was in 1971 so i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that that's 100 percent true but it could be anyway aside from this she also had um, multiple brain abscesses that had developed in utero. Do you know what utero is? Because I don't. Your utero? Utero. U-T-E-R-O. Let me see. Developed in utero. That's during birth. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. That's when you're in the womb. It's just a, it's more of a professional way. Um... So yeah, it's just, it's just to be on the safe side. Uh, I just I just want to make sure. Yep. Uh, yeah. Before birth, it's a disease. So okay. So while she was in the womb, she, this disease happened. Okay. Um, Jennifer lived for only a week, and never left the hospital. She died on January third, nineteen seventy-two. Two weeks after Jennifer's death, Tenant took two-year-old Joseph Jr to the Ellis Hospital emergency room in Schenectady, claiming that he had experienced a seizure and choked on his own vomit. Joseph Jr. stayed in the hospital, as I switch pages here, for several days under observation before being released when doctors found nothing wrong with him. So, he was Does in the- has, um, proxy, um, mouch- Munchausen by proxy. That's what this sounds like. Like she has this. Oh, you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. <laughs> I should have been a detective. They don't jump ahead. I'm good with clues. I can read the signs. Basically, I'm saying you're jumping ahead because it does say something about that towards the somewhere in here. Um, okay. Anyway, on January 20th, 
a few hours after his release, Mary Beth brought Joseph Jr. back to the Ellis Hospital emergency room. But why? The boy was dead on arrival. And his death was attributed to cardiopulmonary arrest. Which is basically the heart stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excuse me? Said the witch had to kill him. Thank you. Um, seven weeks later, on March 1st, Mary Beth first... Well, she didn't try. She did. She did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Several weeks later, on March 1st, Mary Beth rushed Barbara, almost five years old, to Ellis Hospital because she had gone into convulsions. The next day, Barbara died after being in comatose state for several hours. Her death was attributed to Ray syndrome. Ray, R-E-Y-E. Okay, we're going to find this out. Okay, so... You said R-E-Y-E. Oh, got it. So, Ray syndrome is... Basically, it's also known as Ray Johnson syndrome. Mm -hmm. A rare but serious condition that causes confusion, swelling in the brain, and liver damage. Children recovering from a viral infection such as chickenpox or flu or who have a metabolic disorder are most at risk, especially if they've been taking aspirin. Wait, why would a child take aspirin? Like, why would a five-year-old take aspirin? Um, what do you think? Well, obviously mm-hmm. the parent. Um, yes. Because I know, like, mostly, anytime, like, my kids um, ever was in, like, sick or in pain we were always told give them Tylenol and then give them Motrin and then you know switch off between Tylenol and Motrin or Tylenol and Ibuprofen kind of like that not to give keeping him not to keep giving them aspirin basically you give them something well we did we were told not to give aspirin right well because um if I'm right aspirin is also a blood thinner Wow, these ladies, I swear. Thanks for just taking the word out of my mouth. Sorry. I cannot take it. Yeah, that's what I'm you not can supposed take. to take it. Yeah. Yeah, it's but in if, your blood. But if I'm at Wits End where I need something to relax my pain, see, and that's what I have in the house, I'm taking it. You see, when you have um, weight loss surgery, they tell you you cannot take aspirin for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Okay? Due to the thing is, it will thin your the lining of your stomach. Yeah, and it will make you bleed. Okay. So yeah. Um, Mary Beth was twenty nine at this time. I'm sorry, it's a trigger word. I swear. Hey, no swearing. On um Thanksgiving Day, nineteen seventy three. I told you it's a trigger word. Tinning gave birth to son Timothy. Okay. Correct me if Wait, I'm wrong. who is she having these babies with if she killed her husband? She didn't kill her husband. Oh. Remember I said that he didn't never press charges? Oh, okay. You okay. can't press charges if he's dead. But Samantha. she said but she said but she said, um Didn't she tell call her, her brother um in law, her sister in law saying, um, Joe's dead, Joe Oh, she assumed he was dead, but okay, okay. Okay, I'm back on track. I'm back on track. Woo Choo choo. My my question is, where were the detectives? During all this, 
figuring out, hmm, the thing with the husband. Now, three things with three babies. Well, remember, back in those times, the detective work wasn't really that great, being honest. Um, and to them, it might have just seemed like accidental, you know, misuse of medicine. And especially, being honest, at that time, forensics wasn't how it is now. Yeah, so my right. so anytime somebody was poisoned, by the time you went for your autopsy, mm -hmm. it was already out your system. But not for nothing. So there wasn't any proof. Child welfare, even back then, was called for any little thing. But so what no, happened no, no, not at this time. Nineteen seventy three. Uh, at this time, they were not in. My mom. Yeah, that's in the city. And she just had a heart but we're talking about upstate New York. It wasn't that a frequent thing. Wow. Yeah. I think they should have. Okay. So she gave birth to son Timothy on December 10th. Two days before, after my birthday. Mm hmm. Um. But, again, Timothy was brought back to the same hospital, dead. Tenny told doctors she found him lifeless in his crib. Doctors, get ready, attributed his death to sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS. Well, I, I can see where they can um, process that as, you know, it being SIDS. Because it does happen where, you know, the babies do. Which is why I wouldn't, I could never sleep. Where, like, I couldn't do, and nothing against any other parent who's able to have it where their kid is in their own room, mm -hmm. you know, and they use the mm -hmm. baby monitors and the, ba and the baby cameras. Right. But when you're sleeping, you're not actually listening for distress codes from your yeah. child. You're not watching the camera to see if your child's distressed. Mm -hmm. You're just, your mind is only listening to when you start hearing the crying. And back then, we did not have no cameras to watch over the baby. We didn't have that little listening device, okay? At this time, I wasn't even born yet. Exactly. This is... Oh, then I was. I didn't exist. No, was... you didn't. <laughs> their, their son, Timothy, was born on Thanksgiving Day, 1973. I was 13 years old. <laughs> like, okay. Like, really? So, the, the point I wanted to bring up... Mm -hmm. Is that so far, if you ladies have been listening, there's always been something that happened that's been attributed to something other than the mother could have done it, the father could have done it. You know, there was something mm -hmm. genetic in each one of these. She got away well, with it. Well, sis is not genetic. It's just, it's a rare <laughs> thing that happens. Again, yep. something that happened, some, you know, like, it's not something that can be attributed to the parents. The parents. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That's when I started thinking, what, they're, you know, like... They're brushing it off to this and they're brushing it off right. to that. So how can she be a serial killer was my question when I started reading that. Well, here's, a, here's my question, though. And I know it was the child prior to Timmy. Mm -hmm. um, Barbara. The Ray Syndrome, it said, um, was it the Ray Syndrome or was it the... No, the meningitis one. Uh -huh. um, that had to do with inhalation of anthrax. 
So, was the mother inhaling Antrix or just... That's a great question because it doesn't, um, from all the research I've, I've done, it doesn't say anything about that particular child with the recent. The only thing is that, that, I, that I've read was that it died of recent. Like, it kind of made it out to be like, oh, baby developed this thing and, you know. Okay. So it's just, there's not, yeah, probably because when they finally figured out that it was her, by that time, any kind of notice of, you know, being poisoned or anything like that is already out of the system. And nobody wants to excavate a a child's, you know, grave. Without, especially without... Proper cause. You're right. There has to be, like, something overwhelmingly that they could say, okay, we have to... We have this. proof. Yeah. Um, in March 1975, Simmons' fifth child, Nathan, was born. Oh, that's a cute little name. Nathan. So this was March. That autumn, he died in the car while out with Tenen. In August 1978, the Tenens adopted new... Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. You cannot just leave that like that. You you just said he you, you died quiet. in... The car. How do you just die in the car? He drove drunk. We're talking about a baby, not Stewie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to break the ice. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I need more facts about that one baby. What happened in the car? Was he like left in the car? What? All I can tell you is that. He had to be have drugged. He had to have been drugged prior to the car ride. I don't know. I can't. I don't even have any anything that tells me um, until this point that mm-hmm. there was any specific reason why he died, except for she <laughs> said that they were in the car and he died. And apparently, some idiot. In the hospital, just said, "Oh, okay." I'm sorry, sorry, I can't help you further. <laughs> My that's what, that's why I'm saying that this story had me like, what? It can like, how can they call her a serial killer? But then I kept reading, so you got to keep listening. <laughs> In August 1978. The tennis adopted newborn Michael. That is, that's that's kind of like Mika's name, but just the male version. Yeah, I know. On October 29th, Mary Beth gave birth to a sixth child, Mary Frances. Yo, this lady's just popping them out. Thank you. Thank you, aunt. That's what I was wondering and hoping that you guys would bring up. She just keeps popping out kids. But my thing is, okay, if... Is it that she likes the pregnancy stage? Because let me just say, I liked my pregnancy stage when it was in the middle, right? I didn't like the end. Even though the end gave me the child in physical form, right? And I do know like a lot of a lot of people they like the appearance or how they look when they're pregnant. Well, think about it too. You're pregnant. You're getting all the attention to you. 
and you own This it. is why I said I think she has Munchausen oh, by uh-huh. proxy. You give birth and what happens? All the attention is no it's now on the baby. There. It goes to where? The baby. Pepe. So the baby's taking your attention from you? What happens? If you don't, but if you don't want the baby anymore, then give it, give it to somebody who will take care of it. Don't, don't See, snuff it out. This is what I hate Sorry about snuff witches it, but... like this because they have babies like this with no problems. I wanted five babies and I only have two. Okay, mm-hmm. not fair. Well, I mean, putting the male perspective into this, I have four kids. Me and my ex-wife were searching for the girl. Second one, okay, let's try it one more time. Third one, okay, let's try it one more time. After that, I said, no, we're just going to keep having boys. This is the end of it. I'm done. You would have had it with me. You would have had a girl. <laughs> so, I mean, I also I also got to blame yeah. some of this on, on Joe. Because why isn't he stopping this? All his kids are dying. Like, after a while. They're not making it past a certain age. Exactly. So. You would think, like, why would I want to continue going through my kid's funeral? Why? Like, he has four too. Right. But the thing is, that my words, he was a sucker to her. Whatever she wanted. But you know did. what? Let's, let's be honest. At the end of the day, he has to live with that in his conscience. Mm-hmm. That he could have prevented all these other deaths. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I'm more than sure he's not alive right now. Well, if he is, just say. He's old and crepit if he is. But he still has a mind. Continuing on. Okay. So, um, Mary Frances was born. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Was born on October 29th. Okay? October. In January 1979, Trenton rushed Mary Frances to the emergency room directly across the street from her apartment, saying the baby was having a seizure. The staff was able to revive her, reporting aborted cysts. A month later, Tenen returned to the hospital with Mary Frances in full cardiac arrest. She was revived, but had irreversible brain damage. She died two days later after being taken off life support. So, the other thing... Wait, she's right across from the damn hospital? Uh, That's according to whatever. Yeah, across the street from her apartment. Yeah. So, hold on. She... See, my thing is when... I know, like, not everybody shakes and not everybody tremors when they're having a seizure because I've actually had one of my classmates during massage. She started having her seizure. Um... Well, she started the, the beginning process where her eyes are starting to roll back. But, um, and we were able to get her kind of like, because I, I was like, are you okay? And because it snapped her brain or whatever, she explained it to me and I just like totally forgot what the heck what she said it about. But like she came back from it. Yeah. And I know like Mike, um, he goes and he actually has the full on, you know, smacking the body across the floor kind of ordeal. Like, he gets the bruises because his body's just full of and all over the place. Wow. Um, so, that's my thing, is with her, if she was brought that first time, yeah, was she... 
Like, was her body flaring? Like, what was going on? Or was she, you know, in still mode having a, sh- a stroke? I mean, um, a seizure. Yeah. Hmm. It's a, it's kind of the timeline, which, um, it just stating what happened because yeah. this could have been a three hour um, episode. Let's say that because there's so much information, not only on what I found on the web, but if you look, if you read that book, mm-hmm. has so much more personal touch information mm-hmm. that, you know, so I want to, one, I want to get through this. I have grandkids. I have a baby grandchild. I don't want to mm-hmm. keep reading, you know, like, I don't want to keep reading or seeing that. So mm-hmm. um, I just want to, even though there should, there, I think there's more information in her trial and all that that will bring stuff to light that, you know, that she actually so That it would answer our but, questions. Yeah. Um, the tenant's eighth child, mm-hmm. Jonathan, was born in the fall of 1970. Now, he died in March 1980 after being kept on life support in Albany, New York for four weeks. They just keep dying. Like, who's going to stop this? People, you know, so, during this whole time, they didn't know this is a trend going right. on with her? Apparently not. And the thing is, every time she went to a hospital, worst of, she started in Ellis. Now she's in Albany for some weird reason. Um, well, Albany does have a better care unit for the children. Okay, but isn't that a good reason to say, well, we don't know all the cases because it's not all in the same hospital and people won't question you as much? Exactly. True. But did Ellis Hospital send, have where he gets sent over to um, Albany? Possibly. Yeah. Because remember, remember, um, with Joe when he had the okay. I, I, I I'm always able to say this. Pilot Pilot um spank Okay, whatever. Um hmm. but he had a thing where he was um it was basically where the pilot was closed in um his stomach where the food mm-hmm. was not being able to go into yeah. his intestines. We went to um we went to the doctors, yeah. and then the doctor sent us to the hospital, St. Mary's. Mary's, and then St. Mary's said we needed to go to Albany's Children's Medical Center. Mm-hmm. So it was... Yeah, it could have been a case of that, too. And then some of the information was kind of just like... Like, each place did not get the full information, because once we got there, yeah. they were more into acting now. And then read it later. Yeah. You know? So that might have been what happened. Like, information wasn't completely processed. In February 1998, Michael mm-hmm. fell down the stairs and suffered a concussion. Um, on March 2nd, Tennant took him to the doctor because he wouldn't wake up. Michael was already dead when Tennant brought him into the doctor's office. Since he was adopted, the long suspected belief that the deaths in the Tenney family had a generic origin was discarded. So, like I was saying before, yeah, everybody was saying that this is just genetic, 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 until Michael died. Michael is not that is the adopted is child. Adopted. No. Yeah. 
Um, wow, you big. Sorry, Thor's in the room. Thor, say hi. Hi. <laughs> Tammy Lynn was born on August 22nd, 1985. Uh -huh. On December 20th, she died from being smothered. Tammy Lynn was born on August 22nd, 1985. On December 20th, oh, she, sorry, on that day, the tenants were visited by Betsy Mannix of Schenectady mm -hmm. County's Department of Social Service. So now they finally got involved. Yeah, this was the last one. Um, and by Bob Enfeld of the Schenectady Police Department about Tammy Lynn's death. The causes of the children's death were listed diversely between natural, undetermined, or of sudden infant death syndrome. Six autopsies of the tenant's children took place after Tammy Lynn's death, mm -hmm. but they did not reveal any signs of abuse. Okay. They were suspicious, and community, and community whispers of foul play prior to Tammy Lynn's passing. There had been no suspicion found in the sequence of deaths. There were so many of us in it, I guess, said Dr. Robert L. Sutherland, Connected County Chief Medical Examiner. If Anyone is neglectant? Mm -hmm. I suppose I am. I probably should have said there must be more to it than this, but we all think and don't do it. Okay, so I'm going to repeat that because the dog started messing around. Um, Dr. Ro um, Dr. Robert L. Sullivan, mm -hmm. Connecticut College Chief Medical Examiner, said if anyone is negligent, I suppose I am. I probably should have said, there must be more to it than this, but we all think and don't do. So now, not only are people blaming her, but blaming themselves. Because all these kids came through his um, medical, you know, through his, his, practice. his practice, right? And he was the chief medical examiner, which means that all the autopsies were done through him or his associates. So he should have noticed something. They, they all should, you know, he should have noticed something for sure. But this is where I say it's the the information line. Right. Yeah. You know. We're going into the um, arrest and interrogation. Okay. Mary Beth and Joe Tennant were separately taken to the Schenectady Police Department for questioning about Tammy Lynn's death. During the police interrogation, Mary Beth signed a document confessing that she had murdered Tammy Lynn, Timothy, and Nathan. She was arrested and charged with Tammy Lynn's murder. Police officials initially suspected that Tammy Lynn died of SIDS. Dr. Michael M. Baden, the lead forensic pathologist and member of the State Department, State Police Special Forensic Unit, excuse me, determined Tammy Lynn's death resulted from smothering. After charging Mary Bass with Tammy Lynn's death, Officials said they, that they considered the deaths of the eight other tenant children to be suspicious. Investigators later said that Jennifer's death was not, sus not suspect because it occurred before the baby left the hospital. So that was the one that, that the baby died in the hospital. Wow. Mary Beth Tennant made her $100,000 bail payment and was released from custody until her child did. My question is, who the heck has $100,000?
Apparently she did. I, I guess because I don't know if if God forbid I get arrested for anything. Hey, babe. Hey, daughter. Where's can I have a hundred thousand dollars so I can be bailed out? I'm I'm paying a hundred thousand dollars on a mortgage. Right. So, and you're paying the mortgage because you can't afford to just yeah. It's a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, trial and conviction. Okay. The murder trial of Timmons began in Schenectady County Court on January 22nd, 1987. Dr. Bradley Ford, Tim pediatrician, testified on behalf of the prosecution, mm -hmm. saying Timmons had dismissed his suggestions that, due to her previous children's death, she should install a specialized alarm device enabling the monitors of the baby's breathing and heart rate. She denied that? Wait. Wait, so hold on. I'm confused. She was told basically to install like a monitor? Yeah, so Dr. Bradley Ford, Tammy Lynn's pediatrician, he testified on the on the behalf of the prosecution, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um saying Mary Beth had dismissed his suggestion that due to her previous children's death she should install a specialized alarm device enabling the, the monitoring of the baby's breathing and heart rate. Okay. Why would anybody do that? Exactly. A good mother would have done so. Like if something happened to, God forbid, something happened to two or three of your children. I'm going to be cautious about my other one. Exactly. Right. And then if the doctor says, listen, you should get a breathing and heart rate machine that would, if something happens, it would, you know, it would let you know. Mm -hmm. Why would you dismiss it? Well, like, my thing is, Mika has a heart murmur. And with the other two boys, I went and I asked, it actually, her heart murmur, because if you guys only could see her face, uh, you just went and pushed your face back like, what? Because I have a heart murmur. Well, when she was two, she had a heart murmur. Um, and as she grew older, it started to go, it's get, yeah. gotten smaller. So we're good. She... I could scare the schnips out of her and have a crack out of it last. Before I was like, no, nobody do anything harmful to this child. Do not scare her. Do not make her heart go high. But it can happen again. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, but I also had the boys checked as well just to be on the yeah. safe side. But no, they're good. Drive me crazy, but they're good. But then it leads me to this question. If because of that, <clears throat> excuse me, a doctor told you that there should be a monitoring device for the the other baby's breathing and heart rate. I'm guessing you wouldn't say, no, we okay. Because she dismissed it. No, I would say, where can I get one? Is there one right. that is affordable for me? Or is there a free one? You well, know? My, is there one my insurance to pay for? And I'm guessing if he's suggesting it, he probably has a way for no, we'll give it to you. We have three extra here. We, you know, yeah. yeah. Like most, a lot of doctors do, not all, but. Um, two additional prosecu prosecution witnesses, Dr. Marie Valdez Dapina of Miami, Florida, president of the SIDS Foundation, and Dr. Mm -hmm. Thomas Oram, the medical examiner who performed Tammy Lynn's autopsy, said they diagnosed that Tammy Lynn was smothered to death with a salt object. After the six-week trial, the jury del deliberated 
for 23 hours across three days, leading to the conviction of, ten, of Tenen, 44, on one count of second-degree murder. During their deliberation, jurors called for a readback of the portions of Joseph Tenen's testimony recounting his wife's alleged confession to state police. In his testimony, Joseph said that he had a five-minute conversation with Mary Beth Tennant after, police, after the police questioning, and she told him, I killed Tammy. She was acquitted by the seven men, five women jury, of the count of deliberately accusing the infant's death, but was convicted of murder by depraved indifference to human life. Count. Tennant placed her hands over her eyes and sobbed quietly as, she, as the verdict was announced. Joseph later said, I still think she's innocent. What an idiot. Judge Clifford Harrigan immediately vacated Tennant's $100,000 bail, mandating that she be held in Schenectady County Jail pending her sentencing charge. After her conviction, she received a sentence of 20 years to life. Not good enough. Say what? Not good enough. Five years shorter than the maximum penalty for the crime. Tenen was in prison at the Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for Women. After her conviction, she appealed on the grounds that her confession was not voluntarily given and that her conviction was not supported by sufficient evidence. In 1998, her appeal was denied by the New York State Supreme Court's Appellate Division. Uh, I'm sorry, what was the last line that said there? Oh, parole attempts. Mm -hmm. She didn't have many as the other one did, so that's why I put it in here. Okay. Tennant's first attempt for parole it was in March 20, 2007. At the parole board meeting, Tennant said, I have to be honest, and the only thing that I can tell you is that I know that my daughter is dead. I live with it every day. I have no recollection, and I can't believe that I, I harmed her. I can't say any more than that. Her parole was denied. In, in late January 20, 2009, excuse me, Tenen went before the parole board for the second time. She stated, I was going through bad times when she killed her daughter. The parole board Again, deny her parole, saying that her remorse was superficial at best. Tenen was eligible for, for parole again in 2011. After the deaths of my other children, I just lost it. Tenen told the board January 26th. And she said, I became a damaged, worthless piece of person. And when my daughter was young, and in my state of mind, and at that time, I just believed that she was going to die also. So I just did it. So she's trying to say remorse murder? Mm-hmm. She was denied parole again due to her lack of remorse. In 2011, Tenen was supported by people from Georgetown University Law Center and people she worked with in prison, describing her as most loving, most generous, caring person they have ever met. When questioned about the murder during her 2013 appearance, she said, It's just, I can't remember. I mean, I know I did it, but I can't tell you why. There is no reason. The parole, the parole board stated this was innocent 
excuse me, this was an innocent, vulnerable victim who was entrusted in your care as her mother, and you vigorously violated that trust, causing a sense of loss of, of this young life. The board then said discretionary release would, would so deprecate the severity of the crimes as to undermine respect for the law. As you place your own interests above those of society youth, our next opportunity for parole was in February 2015. Excuse me. The February 2015 parole board again denied Tenny's release, finding that she continued to demonstrate no understanding nor any remorse for taking her child's life. Tenny was denied parole for the sixth time in January 2017. The parole board ordered her to return in 18 months rather than the previous standard 24 months. 10 and 76 now was released on parole. Wait, what? Are you kidding me? On August 21st, 2018. Well, whoever let her go to be um, put in prison for life. Have a page and a half. She has served more than 31 years of a 20 years to life sentence before being granted parole. Tennis husband, Joseph, who supported her throughout her imprisonment, was present for her release. As part of her release, Tenny was to remain under parole supervision for the rest of her life. A Department of Corrections spokesperson stated, Tenny lives in Schenectady County in upstate New York. She has a curfew and must attend domestic violence counseling. Um, the, um, the notes that I got, and I can't find it at this moment, mm -hmm. but I've read something about that thing that you were talking to me about? Um, Munchism by proxy? I, I read something about that she had um, the, the Munchausen, and I can't find it at this moment. But um, there was a synopsis and all that, which I'm not, because you already know the story. But um, I need to know what, what you ladies think about this whole case. I think it's both. I think she knew what she was doing, okay? Mm -hmm. And all it was was she got pregnant because she liked the attention, but because the babies took the attention, yeah, well, let me get rid of them, okay? Like, come on. Babies are a gift from God. You take care of them. You nurture them. You do whatever you could for them. You don't kill them, okay? Mm -hmm. Come on. If they're sick, you be there with them. You sit by them, nurture them. Why are you going to kill them? I always oh. felt like, you know, like a lot of people feel like, oh, the spotlight's on me when I'm pregnant. But I find the best spotlight, being honest, is like in the mornings when my kids come to me and say, good morning, mom, give me the hug and kiss. Before bed, when they mm -hmm. give me that hug and kiss, you know. And then when... They just come to me for the random stuff that I'm like, dude, you're beating up. Do it yourself. Exactly. You know, but the fact that they still come to you, I feel like it's not just the pregnancy that gave me that spotlight, but the best spotlight was when my kids are, they see me as this almighty person that can do everything, you know? Um, I think that's a way better thing than the pregnancy part because oh, pregnancy, yeah. you just got this little glam and half the time you're having to buy clothes to fit that little glam look 
for only a short amount of months. And get morning sickness. In my case, it was night sickness. But you, you know, I live for my little hugs and kisses. My thing is, when it comes to her, there's, I have to be on, be honest about this. Um, it's both ways. Mm-hmm. One, I can understand where they let her out because they're really by that point. There's no real actual proof on what really happened, what exactly took place, you know? And if she's constantly coming back to him, constantly coming back to him, and if she's upping her show and upping her drama to make it look like she has the remorse, that she has the sympathy, yes, I can see why they let her out, you know? Um, And on the other side is... I feel, yes, doc, the doctors, the hospitals, they all should feel that guilt of knowing we failed nine children. We mm-hmm. failed them because we could have stopped this from the jump. We might have not been able to um, prevent it from probably baby number one, but the other babies we could have saved. Yeah. You know, that's my opinion. But what? the biggest thing was the father did nothing. He could have gone and prevented. Well, and keep your penis in your pants and don't. Well, be, think about it. Think about it. Surgery. Tie it all, all up. Well, back then, but back then, that was a stereotype that men were not like. It was kind of like frowned upon at that point. Tying your tubes for a non-medical reason. Was frowned upon. That's funny you say that. Um, Tying your tubes? Yes, men have tubes as well. Okay, but for us women to tie at that time, no. Okay. No, at that time you could at that time you could not tie your tubes or get your tubes tied because you didn't want to have kids anymore or you didn't want to. Um, it had to be a medical reason. Like even now, at you when I was what was it? I was I was twenty-four. And if I'm right, I just gave birth to Joe. And I was like, okay, I got my set. I got my girl, I got my boy, I'm good. And I had asked my doctor, can I get my tubes tied? Because apparently I'm so damn fertile. I don't want this crap anymore. Oh, you know? Not that I don't want kids anymore, but I didn't want to have I didn't want to have the financial difficulty, you know? Um, and I was told, no, I had to wait till I was 27 to be able to do so and be told that I'm, that I was okay to do so mentally as well. Um, and if I want, if it had to be done earlier, it had to be due to a medical reason. So now you have to be almost basically 30 years old to be able to get your tubes tied. Wow. And it's not really a tubes tie anymore. Because now they're using like the... Um, I had the Esher, which for a lot of people, it caused a lot of issue. Um, there is the Mirena, which that one gave me my issues, which why I went to the Esher, because the Mirena went into my walls. Now they also have these other medicines that, you know, if you want to do, or you want to take it out after 10 years... And you want to have a kid, 
you can. Which, damn it, I wish I would have went with that one instead of the marina. Because no. you see, well, you guys don't get all those little things. Mm-hmm. If God wanted you to get pregnant, you won't get pregnant. I don't care how how you do it or what you do. Well, that's not always the fact because it happened. But that's not always a fact. Because, like, what I have has it where it's completely blocked off and you can't... There's no there's no way that either side can get to each other. You see, um, there has been women that had their tubes tied, they had it burned, and they still came pregnant. Because for some odd reason, it's able to either reconnect or there is some type of way where... I don't know how exactly because I'm not a medical person. Um, but it, it does somehow travel to each other. Mm-hmm. You, you know? ever heard of the power of God? We're not getting biblical on this well, podcast. I'm going to tell you, the power of God is, if he wants you to get pregnant, you're going to get pregnant. Thing is, something could have been, been done with her to stop all this. It wasn't done. And now it's eight or nine beautiful kids. Nine. Nine beautiful kids have been having with God, okay? When they could have been on this earth, blessing the earth, maybe. Who knows? What's weird, and and I was looking it up um, because I know I had notes about the book, and there was something that I was missing. Mm -hmm. Um, What was missing for me, because when I looked this up, it had this little prayer in it. And I'm like, what the blank does the little prayer have to do with her. So, at Timmy's funeral, as with the other children, she had an open casket, toys placed around the baby, and she read her favorite prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I, I pray the Lord. Yeah. So I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should yeah. die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take, right? So, at this time, she had lost four kids, or she killed four kids. Let's be um, honest about it. Honest about it. Um, so Mary Beth had very four children, and those who knew them prayed there would be more. There would be be no more pregnancies. Mm-hmm. As clear mm-hmm. as the sentence had a genetic abnormality that struck the churches down. Joe's brother Andy mm-hmm. urged him to think about a vasectomy. Okay. And it was clear that although he said very little about his lost children, he was deeply sorry. He, by child four, he had a chance. Yeah. And was told, listen, she's not going to do nothing about her tubes. You should do something about yours. And for whatever reason, he never did. Maybe he got told no, he couldn't. Or maybe she, she threatened if he probably would, she'll poison him again. Who knows? We I mean, never know. We never know what happens behind the closed doors. Right. You know? I mean, the poison is probably right, you know, because she thought he was dead. By Thankfully, to the ambulance and EMT, he survived it. But a, a, a vile threat of, hey, um, the first poison didn't kill you. I could get 140 this time. You know, something stupid to I that. I could amp up. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah. This this case for me was a bad one, um, but it, it's something that I thought needed to be addressed. Yeah. Because who, what mother 
decides I'm going to kill all my children for, and apparently, like you said, I can't find it. And I, I'm almost positive it was in that book. They said that she had um, Munchausen disease. Okay. And I'm like, I wish I would have written that down or something. Yeah. But, um, it's those, if I'm correct, then correct me if I'm wrong because I know you know about it. It's those people that make their kids sick to go to the hospital. And apparently she not only made them sick, but she killed them. Is that what yeah. Munchausen is? Yeah, it's basically, um, or anybody who's in your care. Right. You get them where they're sick, and now the attention is, yes, granted, the attention is on the sick person, but also now the attention is on you because you're their only communication, which is why it's normally happened where the moms make their kids sick. The kids can't talk for himself, so... You have to be the voice. You're everybody's attention. Um, so that's how that kind of goes. Hmm. Um, so, wow. This was really a very good topic. There was a lot of discussion, a lot of, you know, communication, which, awesome. You did the, like, bam, on it. Thank you, thank you. Um, now you got me saying ums. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's that's what I consider a brain fart. So I have to say something. So I say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what, <laughs> no, it, is. That's what it is. <laughs> so with that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening. Hope you, I don't know if I want to say enjoy, but I hope you get something out of this. It starts a conversation, starts some kind of dialogue mm-hmm. out there for you. Uh, if you want to communicate with us, like we always say, tell us what case you want to hear, anything like that, email us at murderersintentions21 at gmail.com. Or you can Instagram us at murderers underscore intentions underscore podcast or Twitter at M, well, capital M, capital I, true crime podcast. And just to let you guys know, fun tidbits, we are now officially able to have listener support. So if you want to help us get better, get better equipment, um, just get more up there for you guys, um, you can donate through our Anchor um, site, which is always posted in our Instagram and in our Twitter page. Um or if you don't have neither one of those, you can always email us and we'll send you that information. So any person who does support, we will do at the beginning or at the end a shadow in thanking you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hope you guys have a good night. Enjoy your weekend. And bye. See you next week.